Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again. Welcome back to Popcorn and Nerds Podcast. Uh, I'm Taylor D. Adams, your host. I feel like it's been a while, but uh, Mark's back with me. Hey buddy, how are you? Uh, I'm not doing too bad, how about you? I'm good. Man, we're a little bit out of practice. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's been uh, two or three weeks since we did one, so apologies for the... uh, The delay. Yeah. Things are happening uh, in real life. Yeah, life life happens to, to us, but... We're here now, and we're going to be talking about Annihilation uh, coming up later in this episode. A full review, spoilers and all. Um, so be sure to stick around for that. Or if you're just not interested, you know, maybe listen to like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah, listen to the first stuff. Maybe you got something interesting leading into that, and uh, we can go from there. Uh, so we're recording this the day after St. Patrick's Day, and I'm kind of Irish, and I didn't celebrate at all uh, yesterday for St. Patrick's Day. So today, our snack is Irish whiskey. <laughs> yes. Delicious uh, snack. Li- yes. Liquid snack variety. Yeah, shout out to my buddy Sam Slaughter. Uh, he gifted me with uh, some 10-year aged Irish whiskey. Uh, the Temple Bar. Private seller. Since 2005 they've been making stuff. Interesting. So, this is, yeah. I don't know. I, I wish I, you know, I wish I knew more about it, but I'll put a link to his stuff in the in, below in the show notes so you guys can bother him with all the details that guy gets paid to drink for a living and write so yeah talk to him and try to emulate his life i i pay to drink for a living <laughs> i guess that's not quite the same thing is that no i think it's yeah it's the yeah <laughs> i think it's the opposite or the inverse at least yeah um so that's what we're our snack is our snack is whiskey and we're yeah. we're sipping on it right about now i think i'm part irish on my dad's side, probably. Somewhere along he's, the line. He, he's, like, my mom's side is very clearly defined, just Polish and Irish, mm-hmm. or Polish and Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whiskey's already affecting us. Right, yeah. right. Dad's side uh, is, like, a mix of Europe. Just all of it. Just Europe. Just Europe. What's your background? Europe. Europe. <laughs> we white. We- <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I did celebrate yesterday. Well, good I, for you. I know. I went out, I went out and had some, some fun times. Hopped around a lot. You didn't go to an Irish pub, though, did you? No, actually. Uh, we figured that's kind of the, the typical thing to do, and that they would all be slammed and full of obnoxious drunk people, and we wanted to avoid that. And we were successful in that endeavor. You wanted to be the obnoxious drunk people. Uh, I don't think I'm really that obnoxious when I'm drunk. No, you're not. I, I'm just kind of like me. Yeah, you're just kind of me, just more squinty. <laughs> yeah, squinty. <laughs> Maybe I get lazy eye. I've been told uh, I get like that when after a couple of drinks, people can tell I've been drinking because I, my, my, my eyes narrow. <laughs> I still like, I, I know that I do slur a little bit once I've had too much, mm-hmm. but like, I still think I'm relatively coherent oh, in conversation yeah. and everything. Uh, I guess, I don't know from the flip side of it. I have videos from Disney world where I'm still making sense. Uh, that, I actually mentioned those to a coworker the other day and brought them up. Uh, we were talking about the drinking around the world at Epcot. Mm. Um, and we're way off topic now, but <laughs> that's okay. I go uh, back to what you were talking about about slurring. I mean, I stuttered without alcohol, so I don't know if it makes it worse or it just sounds <laughs> better to me. Um, but anyways, let's move on. Yeah. yeah, we're getting a little bit off topic. Uh, but today, like I said, we're going to re- do a full review of the latest movie, Annihilation, uh, from writer-director Alex Garland, who previously had done uh, Ex Machina. That was his directorial debut. Um, he's also written a bunch of other stuff, including uh, Sunshine, um, which is one of them. This is a really good science fiction movie. Um, so we'll move on to that here in a little bit. Um, but Mark, uh, what did you watch or play this week? Uh, I guess I haven't really played much of anything lately uh 
which is unusual for me. Uh, Are you okay? Maybe. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been in a slump, and so I just haven't really picked up anything to play uh, recently. But uh, I did watch several things. I finished uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 3. Very uh, good, very good. Very good, very dark. Uh, we have talked about it before, but yeah. the show is great. If you've not seen it, uh, the three seasons currently available are on Netflix, uh, and that comes highly recommended. Um, it's it's fun. Uh, basically, a, a woman who's obsessed with her ex-boyfriend uh, makes some drastic life changes and is a crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, yeah. It's not, not a misnomer, but it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, musical. Um but yes, if you need something to watch to kill some time, uh, that's a good one for sure. I did also um, finished or started and finished Jessica Jones season two, uh, which I enjoyed as well. I liked it better than the first season. Um, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. I we had talked about it before. Like we disagreed on that. Like I didn't particularly think the first season was all that good. I rated it relatively low on my list of the Netflix Marvel series. Okay. Uh, I think that of the season so far is above. Uh, it's above Iron Fist, but that's Every, a, everything is above everything Iron is above Fist. Iron Fist. Uh, so it's it's almost disingenuous to like say that it's above. Iron Fist because like there's such a gap between Iron Fist and Jessica Jones season one but I do rate that lower uh, on the seasons of the Netflix shows so far but season two uh, I did like a lot more Um, I think it did some more interesting things with the character uh, and I just overall thought that was good we might review that at some point uh, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I feel like so. that's def- that definitely warrants a deeper conversation into it, especially if we have opposing opinions, but we still both liked yeah. season two. Um, so yeah, we can definitely get into that. And then I, I did watch Bright, finally. Uh, I'd heard a lot about it. Like, Netflix was pimping that out hard for a while. Such a, oh uh, man, marketing campaign, like crazy for that. Yeah, and it wasn't bad. Um, I don't think we're going to review that one, but uh, no. it, uh, it was interesting, and it, it was fun like it was entertaining to watch but it it wasn't good like it's not like Mm -hmm. something i'd be like yes go watch that definitely but uh, if you have time to kill and you're out of things to watch on netflix it's not horrible Mm -hmm. yeah the the idea is cool yeah execution's poor that's kind of what it's kind of what it is um okay yeah cool uh what about you for me uh well i went through uh jessica jones uh Mm -hmm. since we last had an episode, so we'll talk about that at a later part. Really enjoyed it. Just overall, um, very different uh, for, from the first season. Um, and they were actually coming up. Not a whole lot of adaptation happened in it either. Like, the main overarching storyline is actually an original creation by the writer's room, which I thought was really cool. Um, let's see. Also, since we last talked, I watched uh, Seven Seconds, and I believe I talked about a little bit about it on the last... Uh, Maybe episode of the podcast. I was a couple episodes in of a Netflix. Everything I've watched is freaking Netflix. But um, <laughs> it's just so easy. Of this limited series, uh, seven seconds. Um, just a very grim uh, crime drama with different storylines over uh, inter- uh, intertwining. Um, big picture. It's uh, about a, a young uh, black kid that dies in New Jersey from an accidental hit and run. Um, but then the events that unfold following it deal a lot with um, blue lives and black lives matter and uh, just perception by police and 
perception by young African-American men, whether are they gang members or are they not, just overall perception of all these people. Um, and I felt it was, it, I mean, as just a, as just a, as just a, a white guy watching TV, like I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good storytelling. Um, it took a lot of influences from, uh, the uh, Nordic Noir television movement that recently came out probably in the past like five or ten years just like foreign TV European television Scandinavian television going to like darker detective stuff like really dark stuff and it took a lot of inspiration from that you can tell um, and then after that I watched another Netflix original series but it's a documentary series called Flint Town and it, it over eight episodes and the span of a year these documentarians follow the activity of the police department in Flint, Michigan. Um, they're like the worst crime city in the US. Um, they're one of the poorest cities in the US. Um, they have about 100,000 citizens and about 100 cops. Uh, they're underfunded and this goes through, the initial thing is it just follows the police department and their struggles with trying to maintain law and order in their communities but being extremely understaffed and then over the course of the year you know you run into um the different black lives movements and blue lives movements so it's almost like <clears throat> they were complementary of one another because they portrayed just kind of not opposite ends of the spectrum but just different aspects of kind of the same uh entity mm -hmm. in a way yeah. um but one is reality, one is fiction. But uh, I recommend both. And honestly, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to hear from some people if you watched both to hear your different opinions of the shows. Because um, it's not that the uh, Flint Town is um, police apologetic, like pro-police or anti-police is just presenting these these individual people. And even I listened to an interview with the documentarians, and I'll put a link to all the stuff I'm referencing in the show notes. Um, but the documentarians talked about they actually went into the documentary being anti-police. Like if they if they said they ha if they had to pick a position, they said that. Yeah. But not with anti-all police, just like yeah. the current events. Not like fuck the police. Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. Um, but anyway, it was just the two sides. I can't say two sides of the story because they're just kind of different. But yeah. anyway, but overall, watching them both kind of within a two-week span gave perspective on both of them, which I thought was really cool. Um, and that's pretty much what I've been watching. I just started a new uh, show from the producers of, uh, actually from the Duplass Brothers, executive producer um, credit for them for a new documentary series called Wild Wild Country about a cult uh, that is founded in Oregon. So yeah, I, I just, just started that. I just saw someone post about that on social media, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think it was actually Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> She was like, if you love cult documentaries, check this out. Because yeah, I, no, I love cult documentaries. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I'll probably, I don't know, I'll let you guys, what I, let you guys know what I think afterward. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Mark, any uh, video game news your way? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess technically it's been a couple weeks since we had one of these podcasts. And in that time, I talk about Nintendo a lot. I like Nintendo. Uh, but, it's kind of like you talk about Nintendo a lot. I talk about Netflix a whole lot. Like, yeah. Like, we yeah. have our things. Um, but Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct um about a week and a half ago-ish. Um, announced a lot of new and upcoming stuff. Uh, a lot of it's pretty cool. There's a decent amount of ports, uh, which people are being... Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag about some people don't like it, some people do. But um, they announced a Dark Soul Amiibo, um, which will be sweet. Um, 
Okami HD is finally coming to the Switch, which a lot of people wanted when it was announced uh, late last year. Is that year. the game with the dog? Wolf, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amaterasu. Um, Sorry, didn't know his name. Yeah, duh. And it's a she. Sorry, didn't know her name. Yeah, like reincarnation of the sun goddess. Come on, man. Um, but that's coming to the Switch, which is super exciting. One of the things is... Uh, IGN makes this joke a lot. Like when new games are announced, it's just like, is it coming to the Switch? Is it coming to the Switch? Because at this point, like people want everything to be on the Switch because it's like console quality games on the go is just, it's been fantastic and people are jumping on board with it. And Nintendo, like I had mentioned, I think in one of the previous podcasts, has changed their statement from they want a Switch in every household to they want everyone to own a Switch, uh, which obviously is the business goal for anyone. Uh, you want your product to be successful. You want people to pick it up and buy it. But uh, they, they don't think that's so far off to uh, have everyone just kind of have a Switch at this point. Uh, and it seems to be going that way. People, people love it after they pick it up. There's a lot of good things happening on the system. But... Um, yeah, they announced a few other things. The big thing out of that Nintendo Direct was a new Smash Brothers game. Yeah. Uh, everyone, Let's go. <laughs> everyone was thinking like they were ending the Nintendo Direct and it showed two of the Inklings from Splatoon running around shooting at each other. And it's like the two Inklings in a very like white uh, just environment. And so the paint we'll, was... At, we'll, put, we'll put a link to that. Yeah, to, to that trailer and everything. And so yeah, there was like very white, bright, they're jumping around fighting, then all of a sudden it goes dark, and one of the Inklings turns around, and it zooms in on the eye, and the eye's kind of like flickering around, looking at this flaming object that has appeared behind them, and then it turns into the Smash Brothers logo in her eye, um, and it shows some of the silhouetted characters from the series. So we see Mario, we see a silhouette of Link, which notably it looks like the Breath of the Wild version of Link, um, so I'm thinking this is going to be a brand new Smash Brothers game, not a port. Uh, when they've announced like the ports and remakes in the past, they've been very upfront about the fact that they're being ported. Uh, and they didn't do that with this one. They just said Smash Brothers. And so it's a new title, I believe. Uh, Sakurai, the developer, um, tweeted that he's been working on this game in silence for a long time now. So that also leads me to believe that this is a new full-fledged version of the smash brothers series that's exciting yeah. yeah uh and so then again being on the switch being able to take it with you um having the console quality whereas the 3ds version of the last smash brothers was a lesser version uh but the real question is can we use gamecube controllers on it because that's what everyone's going to want no, that's yeah that's <laughs> that has to happen there's no way you like yeah um, which obviously in the portable mode you wouldn't be able to do, but there have been rumors that people have attached it to the dock and have been able to use GameCube controllers through the dock. So we'll see if that ends up being a thing or not. Um, it'd be weird, I guess, the cross-compatibility with an accessory that was made for their previous system working with their new system, but who knows? It could potentially work. They did it with the Wii to the Wii U. Um, but yeah, so that was cool with the Nintendo Direct. And then actually later this week, they're having a... Uh, mini nintendo direct around nindies they call them nintendo indie indie titles uh, <laughs> because the console has become a huge home for indie developers and indie titles and they have a lot of good quality content from indie developers there um and then the developers who have put their indie titles on nintendo's console especially now on the switch uh have seen 
huge success with it. Um, it just sells really well. People who have had games out for years, uh, like Super Meat Boy and things like that, have come to the Switch and people still buy it up because, again, the form factor of being able to have it on the TV or take it, just pick it up and go and play it on the handheld mode is just a unique thing and it's nice to have. Um, so that is just that value proposition uh, is, is tantalizing mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff. So... Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the the game news since we've been out, um, just kind of off the top of my head that we missed since the last podcast. Nice. Uh, well, I guess let's dive right into this thing. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into our just general thoughts on, uh, Alex Garland's new movie, Annihilation. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden, pining, looking up at the sky? (laughs) Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. Your husband's here. extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger. It's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Annihilation is the new science fiction movie from the writer-director Alex Garland. Um, His previous work, uh, as far as writing and directing, was Ex Machina, another stellar sci-fi film that I recommend you guys should check out. Um, This movie is based on a book by the same title. by author Jeff Vandermeer. It's from a trilogy called the Southern Reach Trilogy. Um, The movie is very, very, very loosely based on the book. Um, That's what I've heard. And I didn't know how loosely it was based until after it. So the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm expecting certain events to happen and they just either don't or they get totally misconstrued or anything like that. So if I ignored that, If I ignored that, and I was like, okay, all right, this guy's just taking a very loose adaptation on it as far as just, like, maybe events. Um, this was one of these movies, uh, well, before I get too much into it, synopsis for you all. Uh, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. If that sounds vague, that's probably on purpose. <laughs> yeah. um, I, Mark, what were your overall thoughts? It was interesting. Um, this is not a movie that I was like, oh, you know what? I, I want to own this movie. Like, I want to I watch this multiple times. Um, it wasn't bad, but it was different. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to think about in here. Um, yeah, what about you? What did you think overall high level? Um, I, had, I had to think about this movie. And not in a bad sense, but because I had kind of an expectation going in, which I usually mm-hmm. don't have expectations going into movies. 
Um, yeah, like I said, when we went, I hadn't even seen a trailer for it. Yeah. And you were like, you don't even know anything about this movie? And I was like, no, you just said we're doing this for the podcast, so I'm here. Uh, and yeah, after the movie, when the credits had rolled and we're sitting there, and I turned and kind of looked at you, your face, you were like very pensive. You were like, yeah. Um, you were like, I'm not sure. And then you were like, plus the, how it differed from the book. Uh, there were things that I guess you, you had said you were kind of expecting. Yeah, and, I mean, just for the sake of people listening, if you're if you're about to get out of your car on your way to work, I'll go ahead and say, I actually really like this movie. Um, it just took me a minute to figure out if I liked it or not. Now, some people might look at that and be like, if it took you a while to figure out you liked it, maybe you didn't like it. <laughs> My whole thing was I tried to... With a movie like this, based off of existing material, and the book itself was weird, um, but I enjoyed it. Um, and it's not a popcorn blockbuster comic book movie. So, like, an expectation for that is, like, let's go have fun, yeah. you know? With a movie Shout like, out Infinity War. <laughs> with a movie like this, with a movie like Annihilation, I almost expe I expected something deeper. Um, I just didn't know exactly what to expect. And I had this vision of the movie in my head because I read the book, not realizing that this movie was very, 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 very loosely based on the book, which I mentioned before. Um, but I, I, I really did. I thought this movie... Just from a visual standpoint, it was gorgeous. Oh, it absolutely was. Unreal. Like how much color and how much creativity with some of the creatures and just some of the uh, aesthetics in it as well. Um, beautifully, beautifully done performances. Solid all around. Yeah. Um, it was very cool to see Gina Rodriguez in a very different role than her usual television role as Jane the Virgin. Um, she knocked hers out of the park. Uh, Tessa, Tessa Thompson, Thompson did also great. did a great job. I can list all the obviously. The she was movie. in Thor Ragnarok, and yes. that's where that's where I knew her from. Yep, yep. Um, she's in a new movie coming out um, called "Sorry to Bother You" uh, oh, with yeah. Lakeith, with uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I'm very excited to see that. That looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, Natalie Portman, always a pleasure. Yes, <laughs> she's yes. just good, man. Thanks, thanks for everything you do. Jennifer Jason Leigh, uh, her performance, very creepy, like. You can. That was the uh, psychologist. Yes, yeah, she plays the psychologist, um, and the whole thing with her performance is like, is she plays this, she plays a very enigmatic character, and her performance is almost borderline creepy and borderline is, does she know how to act? Because it's so like even keel <laughs> and, and like unassuming, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but she, but execution wise, this movie was really well done. Um, the reason why I really liked it deals into more of kind of metaphor type shticks. Um, so we'll dive into that on the spoiler section. Um, but like I said, for the back cover review of this thing, I'm not I'm not recommending this to everybody. Like this is this is a, it's a deep movie. If you're going to see a cool fun sci-fi flick it's this is not it like don't, don't this, go this needs to be deconstructed and yes. thought about and yes uh processed and there, and there are things to appreciate from a superficial level like we mentioned earlier with how it looks yeah um yeah. so but I, I one of the things that i first off noticed um just another kind of tidbit here not spoilery how minimal the score was and music was during this yeah. whole movie and at times i was like it was noticeable to me. Yes, 100%. Yes. And if it's that noticeable with a film 
with this much talent behind it, I, I'm assuming that that is on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of the ambiance exactly that is set because of the minimalist nature of and the some, score. Some people would go in and be like, "Man, it it dragged, it drugged, whatever the past tense one you want to use." Yeah. But for me, it just added to the uneasiness that this it was this is creepy. Everything yeah. in this whole movie is so creepy. Like you're looking at this beautiful, like colorful landscape, and the like Taylor had mentioned, like it's all there, like aesthetically pleasing. But then you are kind of put at unease by the lack of music and you're hearing just like ambient noises like foliage wind rustling like people moving Mm -hmm. but you do 100% notice that like the music is either missing or a lot of times it's very subdued and just very minimalist uh and yeah it does it adds to the atmosphere of it especially uh the later parts of the movie which not getting into spoilers but then like yeah when they're actually out and about uh yeah, it's it's definitely uh, mood setting. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we can go ahead and hop right into the spoilers because it's really hard to talk about this movie without <laughs> doing spoilers because there's so much. It's, you got to dive deep into it. You yeah. Jump right in that deep end and get into it. Um, so let's uh, get into some spoilers right after I make Mark listen to uh, the spoiler soundtrack. <laughs> So yeah, where do we, where do we start with okay. this? Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, let's start. Uh, okay, I'll just say. I have my. You guys can't see. I have my hands up in the air. Like he I does that a lot. I don't he, know where he gestures. I gesture. Um, I think where we can start is with how this movie was adapted from the book. Um, so that's I, all you. <laughs> yeah, I read up. Uh, well, I mean, no, I mean, I read up on the way Alex Garland approached the adaptation and his was that he read uh jeff vandermeer's book once all the way through Mm -hmm. and then he tried to recreate it from memory interesting which i thought yeah i thought was a novel concept i hadn't really heard of that before because normally you look into an adaptation and you just you read it over and over and you pick part things that you would like to include or you're doing a straight up straight adaptation you try to convert every piece of dialogue every piece of description into script form yeah now with his i felt the the way this movie looks and feels the whole time you're almost thinking like to me you're almost thinking is any of this actually happening it has a very so, surreal kind so of feel to, to it. him for for alex garland to approach making this movie in a way that he's recreating it from memory, like recreating it from like some kind of dream state kind of fits. Yeah. Now where you run into a little bit of complication, if any of you have read the book and you haven't seen the movie, just, just forget about the chronology of events and focus on like the more impactful moments of the book. But then like everything inside of the shimmer they get fucked up together into this weird amalgamation of of plot um and it works like it it does work it's just it's just different yeah um but now going off of that and diving into just this movie from a metaphorical standpoint some people have seen it as 
a whole metaphor for um, experiencing and combating depression, mental illness, um, or you could be as vague as just personal struggles in general because you have um, your your squad, yeah, your squad of uh, uh, Natalie Portman's character, uh, Lena, as well as Jennifer Jason Lee and Jane Rodriguez and uh, Tuva, I cannot pronounce her name. What is it? Tavatni? Tuva Tavatni? Novotny? Novotny. Definitely starts with an N, not a T. Tuva Novotny. Yeah, you said Tavatni. No, I didn't. You did. And Tess Thompson. Yeah, Josie. All these characters have their own personal baggage um, and they all go through their own thing in this adventure to try and go into the Shimmer to figure out everything like what the fuck is happening inside of the Shimmer and why do we care yeah and um, it, it expands and keeps growing and what's happening yes exactly um, so the impressive parts for me obviously the visuals um, and the way that all the characters interacted with all of like this this jungle scenario where you also have a, a crocodile that has shark's teeth and the fucking nightmare bear as I've heard it called. Oh God, yeah. The uh, the demon monkey bear uh, for anybody that plays Temple Run. Yeah. <laughs> it looks exactly like the demon monkey, but it's a bear. Bears just stay fucking shit up. Like I was having like revenant flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that oh man, that that bear. The screaming bear in this movie. Yeah, it's creepy. That's the it's just literally the stuff of nightmares. Like that is creepy as hell. And the fact that you know you're you know you're in for a trip, a fucking mind trip when you dive into this movie and you're kind of discovering that things are mutating into each other, and then the characters start taking on certain aspects of the surround it's even almost it's so hard to talk about because it's just fucking crazy yeah it this movie just kind of everything inside of this shimmer you can approach it from a metaphor of even the story itself everything is being morphed into just completely different things and things of their own yeah um they were talking about it it was like everything inside the shimmer is just refracting and reflecting on everything else mm -hmm. and so and they actually start the movie with Natalie Portman talking about like cell division and replication and how all that works um, yeah. and how like that's how cancer works and things like that. And then your body tries to fight it because it doesn't recognize it as its own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of yeah, like interesting from that perspective where basically the DNA and the structure of everything around is reflecting and then being absorbed by everything in the area. So it's taking on characteristics from things that normally it would not like cross pollination or something, I guess you could call it maybe, but it's like, yeah, you just start taking on characteristics of other things that normally would not happen ever in nature. Yeah. Um, I think for, for the most part, if you go into this movie, you're either don't know what you're expecting and you're kind of the person that just enjoys a fun sci-fi movie. I feel like you're you can hang on to this movie until you get to the lighthouse, and then you're gonna you're gonna lose some people <laughs> um, with the disintegration of Jennifer Jason Lee, and thus emerging this humanoid alien form. At that point, they almost they almost lost me. Because I'm still going off the fact that, like, I read the book. Yeah. That's not in the book at all. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? 
Um, but the way that that played out and that this whole humanoid alien is mirroring Natalie Portman's character, Lena. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, metaphor alert. <laughs> Can, you know, confronting yourself and confronting the bad parts about you. Um, but the, were they the bad personal, parts? Well, bad parts is in like she feels that they are bad, like personal baggage struggles, like, like an, not not, uh, obje- an, not objective bad parts, but just like her like an other, just, just like, things about herself that she does not like. That's what I'm kind of getting at, um, and the fact that it mirrors her, but when she tries to get like run away from it, it like knocks her down, yeah, or tries to kill her. But when she actually combats it head on, that's when she's able to destroy it thus metaphorically destroying her baggage her past her problems anything whatever whatever metaphor you want to throw into yeah. that and that that can kind of lose people because you're a you're not expecting it at all and b it's just weird because yeah. the humanoid dude is like it's just weird yeah you it know? is it, and then it, when it, it shimmers a buddy it's of mine like... a buddy of mine didn't know too much about it when saw it and he's like Man, when that thing like turned into her, I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> I could, I could see that. And I've heard a bunch of reports about, or just some reviews, and some of them are by outlets that just uh, are trying to be in the uh, minority of opinion, just trying to be a dissenting opinion. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, We read the book and we don't know what's going on. And I was like, Okay, that's a, that's a dumb <laughs> article because it's not about yeah. If you read the book, then cool. Cool. you know that the movie's not a, not the book. Yeah. Um, obviously. Um, and for me, I'm saying I'm a lot. <laughs> we do. Just, we uh, do that. I'm just noticing this. I'm a. I'm a. I'm <laughs> so. Sorry, talking about oh, the, sorry. the lighthouse yeah, and the, yeah. the metaphors and then people having dissenting opinions about it and yeah, trying to talk about it and not I'll, understanding I'll, it. I'll, yeah, I'll jump ahead to uh, the whole argument of um, Oscar Isaac's character, Kane, mm-hmm. uh, at the very end. Um, okay, which which Kane dies? The, the real Kane dies. Yes, correct. Yeah, because yeah. there was a body left. There should there be was... no confusion about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> was there? There are. There is. It exists out there. They're like... Is is that the real Kane? Yes. Yeah, the real, K- the real, real Kane, Kane killed himself. The real Kane killed himself. And like he's talking to himself in the video and then yes. kills himself. And like there's a skeleton left, which they've shown that when the thing dies, yeah. nothing's left behind. Yeah. And you're like, but did the real Lena survive? Yes, the real Lena yeah. survived. That is the real there's no there's no confusion. They didn't even try to like make it in ambiguous yeah because they could have they could have at the end the shimmer they could alien have showed thing. the two of them facing each other and then cut to the outside of the lighthouse and seen one, one lena emerge yeah that's but, you could have easily done that to try and confuse people. but they definitely left it where you see both of them you see the shimmer one turning into her she's left with the grenade and then the real one runs out yeah like they're, they're they don't leave that to interpretation which i thought was i mean that's in a movie of, in a movie that really tries to get the audience to engage and care about these characters and try to understand the different layers that are happening, they're not gonna throw in some ambiguous shit at the very end because they're already they've got to know. There's a lot to digest here. Yeah. Let's try to make it as straightforward as we can without somebody coming over and saying, 
you are the real, you know, yeah. like some kind of voiceover or some shit. By the way, the whole narrative device of having Lena um, intermittently, we're cutting back intermittently to Lena talking to um, the, Wong's character. The, the doctor script or do we need that? paramedic thing. I don't think we need that. It was again, it's like a Tarantino thing. Like it starts at the end and then they're like, play it back for us. What happened? I heard an opinion that somebody saw somebody watched the movie and they were convinced that uh, Alex Garland was having a tough time trying to get Paramount to make this movie because the script was so out there that they made him put in this narrative device of having to explain explain things. Which I'm not. I mean, I could, a little bit. I could see that happening, but. So in the book, there's no they, guarantee. In the yet. book, they, they're not playing it back like that. No, 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 no. The, it's the, all it's, just chronologically like yeah, going. Yeah, it's from the point of view of the biologist who is not named Lena. Nobody has in, names. In the book has has names. That's what you had said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's just recounting her whole thing. Um, the whole just chronologically, like she jumps back. And she jumps to back in flashbacks, yeah. but it's not an explanation. It's more she's she jumps back in the book to explain certain times in her relationship with her husband. Yeah. Because in the book, the husband goes to the shimmer or whatever and comes back, but then gets cancer and dies. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like as a biologist, like she would want to understand like what happened to make that mm-hmm. like spike and rise so quickly and then go from there. Mm. How uncomfortable were you during the uh, moving intestines scene? Not very. I'm uh, very desensitized. I looked over. I looked over at Nicole, and she had this look on her face, like I will leave soon. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they cut the guy open, and then like peel his stomach back, and his like intestines are like writhing. Oh, like man, it, it was looked cr- like a snake. It like, was nuts. Uh, <laughs> wrapping around him, and uh, that yeah, that was interesting too. And so like. One thing that I was curious about, and I guess, I don't know if they really explained it, but like, is that happening to everyone in, that's in the Shimmer? Or is that like part of the mutation happening? Or was that like some specific infection that that guy got that no, caused that? What I, I mean, what I took it as is just, that's just the shit that, that's happening. In the Shimmer? Yeah, in the Shimmer, because you have... Because um, that's, well, Tessa Thompson's character too. She turns into a, a fucking tree. Yeah. Uh, that was a beautifully creepy scene, by the way. Yeah, just where she's just like, like walking she, and like she's sprouting. Ten, she's tense the whole time, and she wears long sleeves mm-hmm. the whole movie up until that very scene because she's she's a cutter. Yeah. And then like the whole the floral um, the floral floral things emerging from her body coming are coming from the scars. Yeah. And she just becomes this tree that we don't really see she just kind of like disappears, disappears which i thought was really cool and very creepy and also beautiful at the same time and yeah you have, you have anya uh, anya gina rodriguez's character who's just like skin is moving yeah like every once in a while her skin and then she's freaking out which i, I guess like a part of the, the some of the explanation of so many people in there going crazy is just the fact that Yes, people are going crazy because they're witnessing these things happening, but also they're probably going crazy because that's actually happening to the brain. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole there's whole there, on there layers to that, and then that's the thing too. Like, I guess like why in some people uh, does it happen faster than others? Mm-hmm. Because Lena obviously gets in, gets out, and is relatively okay from what we see. Yeah. But then like. You know, Tessa Thompson's character turning into the tree, Gina Rodriguez, like all that stuff. Like these people have it where it accelerates. Uh, and I guess even the guy who they showed his like writhing intestines, like exploded and grew out into that like 
moss-covered flowery wall thing. Yeah. Um, like God, this, the visuals in this movie are like grotesque and beautiful at the exact same time. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Because literally, this guy, his legs are still like tied to the chair. His upper body has like blossomed out, literally like ripped open, grown into like a climbing wall of like, like flowers and like fungus and lichen. And yeah, all that shit. and then like his skull is still like attached to the top of this like floral arrangement mm-hmm. uh, that has grown into the wall. And so, like, yeah, sometimes it seems accelerated. And I wonder if that, if you're tying it into, like, a mental health metaphor, is, like, that these people had things that either they couldn't come to terms with and surrendered to the issues. I, or, I like, guess so. It's a surrender. Well, it's just weird because it's, I don't know if I would necessarily say, with some people I would say surrendering. Some people it's just overwhelmed. And then other characters is almost acceptance. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Tessa Thompson's It was definitely like acceptance. Defi- definitely acceptance of things that are happening. Um, with uh, Anya, um, Gina Rodriguez's character, it was more of a, a fight or flight scenario. 100%. Um, and, you know, her occupation, her character's occupation before signing on for the Southern Reefs was a paramedic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of I guess it kind of relates to it. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, and her whole fear and then getting fucking skull crushed by the bear. Yeah, was, just her throat oof, ripped out. That was... And then the, like... The sounds that bear makes. Yeah, because it's the, like... The dying cries of the people it consumes and kills is just... That idea is... Well, and that was kind of, again, there's oh, because of the shimmer, like, it's being imparted with pieces of its surroundings and so like as it's killing these people part of those people is becoming part of this bear and so a lot of times it is like their death whales as they're being mauled and so like yeah this creepy like skull nightmare bear demon thing creeps in and they're all tied to chairs and it's like very like jurassic park-esque like sneaking in and like right up in their faces like sniffing them and then like roaring slash mimicking this death cry from people it has just murdered and it's all again it's nightmare fuel um i've heard it coined as the nightmare bear and i like that yeah nightmare bear nightmare bear um it it flows well it does uh and like yeah it's all the whole thing in the shimmer is all super surreal and just kind of fucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) for like like this movie's fucked. Yeah, we'll just talk about it like that. Uh, I mean, like you said, some of it is is beautiful, uh, and there are those moments where, like Tessa Thompson, and it's there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, for every part of that that is like engrossing because it is beautiful, there's a flip side of it where it's like traumatizing and evil almost. Yeah. I mean, we could you know we could probably spend. And it, like two hours talking about okay why did these certain characters die the way they did yeah um, which you know could be warranted for certain things but for just our tiny little podcast I mean <laughs> I mean just the uh, and, and that way I, I really liked kind of that old school uh, horror uh, trope uh, of like every character dying in a different way you know yeah. I always I always enjoy stuff like that like I go back every once in a while and watch the very first Friday the 13th and how creative it was and killing all his characters and Kevin Bacon gets an arrow through the back of the throat through a mattress like come on who mess who think who thinks of that uh <laughs> someone apparently yeah, well yeah no some I'm saying you know, you know what I'm saying you know um 
So one of the things I want to point out that was kind of, if any of you out there are listening to this and you read the book and you also watched the movie, I would like to get your thoughts on this. Um, I don't know how many responses I'm going to get. Probably, probably very few. <laughs> um, how has that been going so actually, the by book, the way? What? Our response count and stuff. How's that been going? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Solid. Anyway, sorry. We, still don't, we still don't have a rating um, because we haven't gotten enough ratings. Mm. So no reviews either. Um, Please, please, we're very needy. Help. Um, so the psychologist, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Dr. Ventress, uh, in the movie, it's just a psychologist. Uh, what? Side note real quick. What? Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, both from Star Wars movies, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy. Right. Ventress is also the name of a character from the prequels. Asajj Ventress, she's Count Dooku's apprentice slash an assassin. And so I was giggling to myself for all the little like Star Wars things i don't know if that was done purposefully uh well oscar isaac was filming this at the exact same time he was filming last jedi yeah yeah and then yeah so natalie portman obviously you know amidala from uh the prequels ventress and again since the characters didn't have names in the book like naming her dr ventress like i was like hmm are they throwing these uh star wars references purposefully or if it, it was just I don't Here's know. A random happenstance. You'll have to look that up. Anyway, back to but, my point. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, the psychologist in the book, who's just called the psychologist, one of the things she does in the book is with this group of women, one of her jobs is to period- periodically hypnotize her crew so that they can forget the events of the day because so much shit happens to them each day that if they, they remembered it all, they might... Just try to quit go insane yeah so they the very first scene in which they are in the shimmer where they like wake up and they're all like how long have we been here my like, mind immediately went oh are we gonna is hypnotizing this? is I'm, happening I'm, yeah i'm like waiting for this to be exposed and it's never exposed so i'm wondering if anybody else uh, read the book and then watched this was like kind of kind of wanted that to happen or kind of saw that saw it going in that direction and then all this and then it didn't so yeah. i don't know i mean because they never mentioned like losing time again after that. Exactly. And so yeah, I don't know if that's a <laughs> nod to the book or if that's just like a oh we came into the shimmer because we got through like the and everything, barrier. Everything's of it. refracted, yeah. including time. You know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's just that, and they tried to explain it away for that time skip, and then they're maybe like, maybe there's okay, a deleted. Move on. Maybe there's a deleted scene. Who knows? Maybe. Um, yeah, I I wonder if anybody else caught that, but. Um, yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, what I mean, am I missing something? <laughs> Is there anything else we have? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty we haven't talked about, but from a standpoint of trying to wrap this up inside 15, 20 minutes. No, yeah, I guess my one of my things was when Kane, the the clone of him, comes out of the shimmer, like has the the alien like taken on his form, like biologically as well like because i guess they were examining him and everything seemed fine so like did it literally become a human slightly morphed and broken or whatever uh when it came out or like did it have some alien morphology to it as well not necessarily important to the plot of the movie just one of those things i was curious about i was like did they not realize that's not actually kane because like examining him if he looked the same um, like the whole clone thing was weird because nothing else in the shimmer really got cloned. They were all mutated based on their surroundings. 
but only like a, a select few people who made it to the lighthouse and actually interacted with the organism that landed there uh, ended up being cloned. But you can kind of you can kind of take that whole approach into maybe the levels of overcoming uh, personal trauma or personal baggage. The, the journey to get there. Yeah, and then... like like you know, like he like Kane got to the point where he could. Uh, leave and be changed for the better but he still couldn't handle it and got to a point where he had a, a mental breakdown as he didn't know who he was anymore yeah. so he go and with uh, Lena she got to that exact same point but then her decision was to be changed almost accept the change that was happening yeah. to her um, which I thought like with the the humanoid alien clone guy what, what do I call him? I feel like he's got to have a name. The Shimmer. Lighty. Shimmer alien. I call him Lighty because he's in the White House. So with Lighty, he, uh, he just, you know, he serves as this... One of the things that I've heard uh, a lot of people talk about, um, and these are the same people that... I wouldn't say they're as open-minded to movies like this, mm -hmm. but a lot of people want to go in and they want to find out a reason something's happening. Yeah. So they want to find out why the Shimmer exists. They want to find out what Lighty's doing there. They want to find out why things happen as opposed to accepting that they happen and yeah. what the characters go through to reach the end of the movie, how they end up at the end of the movie. So with the fact that the very last thing that Lighty does is allow himself to be blown up yeah. and then leave... Like that has to solidify this metaphor of going through a change and the fact that maybe you maybe you almost can read into the fact that this alien entity actually came to Earth to help something to try and help well, in any was... way. I mean, I, I you know, it's all up to interpretation, but that's the more I look into it, the more I kind of can justify you don't need you don't need to know why you don't yeah. need to know why everything happens. Well, and that's one of the things too. The conversation that uh, Natalie Portman's character had with uh, Benedict Wong, and he was like, "Well, what did it want?" Yeah, and she says, "I don't think it wanted anything." Yeah, um, Benedict Wong's character was definitely a, an audience surrogate. Yeah, that's that's who he asking was. the questions directly within the context of the movie that people are thinking that they can't ask, obviously, because the movie, you can talk to the movie. It's not going to talk to you, though. Um, oh, no, bitch, don't go in there. Yeah, don't go in that room. <laughs> Get in the door. Um, but, yeah, so I thought that part was interesting because, like, the alien just was here, Lighty, and he just, like, wanted to exist. It wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, like, if it willingly surrendered itself to destruction, like, was the process of it existing just solely to help people cope or be destroyed by the fact that they couldn't uh and again it's one of those things like i don't know like if you look at it if you if you literally look at it as what was the purpose of the alien being here you're gonna run into some issues. Well, when like, the fact it just, that you it can crash just have landed to, or whatever it looked yeah, like. like it was like know, a meteor yeah when you have to when or like you know and why did that particular thing kill it you know um you have to almost look at it as from the artistic standpoint of this is just an entire movie you're watching that's a lot of problems people look at look at the plot of the movie and everything that happens within the movie as like 
the events in the movie itself have to justify everything self-contained inside the movie. When a oh, yeah. lot of very, times very movies, self- yeah, when a lot of times movies are actually just pieces of art or experiences you can have that you can that delve into your own life or the outer world. Yeah. Um, which when somebody comes in comes at me, you can at me on this. When somebody comes at me and they try to justify or not justify is the wrong word. If they try to poke holes in quote unquote logical like things that happen in a science fiction movie, stop. It's a science fiction, fiction movie. movie. <laughs> you can't. There's well, <laughs> but then the there, whole point. There's also variations of sci-fi. There's like hard sci-fi and stuff like that where it's supposed yeah. to be very science oriented. Yeah. And but that's like the purpose of it. And when you go into this, those movies like that, it's supposed to not be like, oh, this is improbable. Like it's sci-fi. Just give up. Don't think about it. Yeah. It's supposed to be very like, well, if this could happen, you know, whatever. When technology advances. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is meant to be that for sure. And uh, there is subjectivity. A lot of people just, they need structure. They need it to be black and white. Um, and again, that's kind of a function of just society, I guess. And then also, to your point, like the hand-holding that happens in the movie that doesn't yeah. happen in the book uh, with Benedict Wong's uh, character. Yeah. So. Yeah, his name was Lomax, but I don't remember I don't, saying Lomax. Yeah, so. I don't specifically remember them ever. He probably had a name tag. Maybe. <laughs> I would assume he had a name tag. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Annihilation from Alex Garland. Uh, go, half of you, go see it. <laughs> I mean, every I think everybody should experience as much art as they can, but some people just aren't going to appreciate it because they're just, you know, it's just not the type of thing that they like. Um but I, I would say I would definitely recommend it from an artistic standpoint. If you guys just really like cinema in general, go check it out. Um, Mark, would you recommend it to your friends? Half of your friends? Third? Some subset of them. <laughs> um, I definitely like don't think this is for everyone. And we've had some other things like that that we've watched that it's not for everyone, uh, which is fine. N- not everything has to be for everyone. But... Uh, yeah, I, a subset of friends that I know would be into this kind of like more thought-provoking kind of experience rather than just a, oh, here's this movie. It's fun. It's self-contained. It's going to like tell story A to B be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not not everyone for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, okay. We can go ahead and wrap this up. I feel like we've <laughs> kind of covered a lot. I mean, like I said, we can talk for two hours. And most of it would be gibberish, and the entire time we're just discovering more things we understand about it. But that's a long ass time to listen to us talk. So just be a ramble on. We're gonna go ahead and sign off. Uh, Mark, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, this week, I guess, as I mentioned, there's the uh, Nintendo Direct with the the indie showcase coming up this week. Nindies. Uh, the Nindies. Um, and so that should be interesting because, like I said, it's been a great home for indie titles. Uh, and then additionally, I guess Sea of Thieves comes out on Tuesday and uh, Nino Kuni 2 comes out on Friday, uh, which apparently has made strides to have a better battle system than the first one. And uh, some of the early uh, previews and hands-on have been kind of touting this as 2018's Persona 5 uh, for people who play games. And if that means anything to you, p- fans of the JRPG genre, uh that's very interesting because the Persona series is very stylistic and fantastic. So uh, that's that's pretty solid praise for that. But uh, so yeah, gaming wise, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Okay. Uh, 
Taylor, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, season two of uh, the Santa Clarita Diet. It's coming back to Netflix. Still haven't watched that, dude. That show's nuts. It's so it's so funny and ridiculous. And I took me I took me a couple episodes to figure out if it was actually good, but it was making me laugh. So I was like, I have to continue watching yeah. this. It's great. Um, so that's coming to Netflix Friday, I believe. And also, uh, I know you don't care, but March Madness is happening right now. Yeah, don't get. And it's the greatest sporting event on earth. Um, so. No spoilers here because there aren't any. Um, but I didn't fill out. You don't care, but I didn't fill out a bracket this year because I I'm tired of filling out brackets because they're always wrong. Yep. Um, to a point where I just get frustrated that I'm always wrong. Not like <laughs> not like ooh missed it by one. And I was just like oh, no. It's all broken. Uh, go uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Go Retrievers. Um, I'll just say that they beat my home state school, but that's okay because. They were the better. They were better. They were better. The program that day. Who doesn't love the the Cinderella story? Right. That's what I'm rooting for. Um, okay. Well, that's about it. Uh, Mark, where can people find you after they stop listening to us? Uh, well, I'm kind of taking a, a break from from things, but uh, my Twitter and Instagram are still active. You can find me by searching Spiders Corner or Spider12587. Uh, the blog and uh, Twitch are up as well, but inactive. Uh, momentarily temporarily treat, treat yourself just take a little break I am I am I am <laughs> Taylor where can they find you uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tay D. Adams uh, thank you guys so much for listening again go ahead and check out the other content we got going on at scrappedproductions.com S-C-R-A-P-T uh, yeah so next next uh, week or next episode whenever we get around to it we're going to be reviewing the new Duncan Jones film Mute on Netflix so uh, stay tuned for that um, okay. but until then see you guys next time yeah take care